0: Hello, beautiful human thanks for letting us into your ears today we are about to catch up with Ali and AJ and boy do they have a lot to say we're gonna talk all about their brand new album a touch of the beat gets you up on your feet gets you out and then into the sun that is a run-on sentence and the title of their album we will discuss we have a lot to discuss just gotta ask you to share this podcast with those you care about and please subscribe okay here we go Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach. That is Dan. And finally, uh, the, the, the tech gods would n- not hold us back. They will not bring <laughs> us down. Uh, Z- Zoom video chat will not win. <laughs> Blessed and lucky to have Ali and AJ here. Woo! Hi, guys. Hi.
1: Thanks
2: for having us. By the way, it's been a long time coming because we've been waiting to be on the Zach Sang show for a while. And a lot, I of, think there's a been lot, lot of fans of back and
1: have porn. really wanted to make this happen. There's been yeah. a lot of chatter on Twitter about
2: it. People have petitioned for this now since like the 10 years EP, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: I have felt that groundswell. I have heard their voices. And I mean, you guys got to know something. You all, in my eyes, are like a different version of royalty. And this this is the truth. I was raised by Disney Channel and I was raised by Nickelodeon. It so has turned me into the person I am today. And to see, like, not only, like, what you become, but also the fact that, like, you guys have not stopped. And music truly has been a part of your, your being and your identity since, pretty much since I've known you guys. Since I've watched the two of you in one of the greatest Disney Channel original movies of all time, Cowbells. You probably know it. Um, but but music is a part of you, right? Like, so much so that, like, some people who, who may have been in your position, like, would have bowed out at a certain point or maybe given up or whatever it may be. But, like, you have stories that need to be told no matter what. Is that is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. Very yeah. Very fair to say. For
2: sure. Can you come work for us? Yeah. <laughs> Can, you for us? yeah. <laughs> Can we be on the team? What have you like, like, just be on the team are, like, as, like, a support system? Or something. Te- um, no, you're absolutely right. I think we have so much we want to say. and. You know, here we are now in our early 30s putting out our first record in 14 years, and it, it feels right. You know, I think this record is a direct reflection of who Ally and I have become as artists. And I, I really, truly feel like this is the album we were born to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm super blessed that I get to do this with, you know, my sister, who's also my
1: best friend, who I pretty much do everything with. Although she was just being really rude to me earlier and being saying, you're such an idiot, you don't know anything about computers. And I was like, well, well yeah, because cares? Ali, literally,
2: Ally becomes the most,
1: I was th- like, who cares? I don't know
2: anything about this. The theater. most selfless person ever when it comes to tech. And so I'm the one that's carried on me. And then I get nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, how are we going to figure this out? Anyway, that's, guys, that's just a we're, tangent.
0: That's just We're in testing trying times. You know, like this is we're we, very trying
2: times.
0: We are just trying to figure this ish out. Okay. True. Yeah. Don't need nothing. True. Is that the name of the next body of work? Yes.
1: That's, I, the, that's the latest. That's single. the latest yeah. single, yeah. And, that's where the title and the, is from.
3: Okay, I that's conf- where the
1: item, uh, album title is from. Correct.
2: Which can you guys say three times in a row without missing
3: uh, it? I was. Tr- I can't even. I can't even say the album title when I read it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> say it. <laughs> a touch of the beat gets you up on your feet, gets you out, and then into the sun.
1: There you go. Nailed it. Beautiful.
3: I mean, I'm sure you guys talked about should we have a title that's this long. So why did you decide to go with that?
1: Well, there was definitely discussion if we were self-titled if we chose something that had nothing to do with any of the songs or lyrics or whatever and then there was a version of i think us maybe naming the record like song titles and we thought about that for a minute yeah pulling song names um but for whatever reason this just like really stuck and we kind of thought we were going to get some like backlash from uh i don't know just like management and our distribution company and just like the team being like, "What are you guys doing?" And then they ended up actually really liking it, which was very surprising. Um, it took I think our manager like a couple of weeks to wrap his head around, and then and then it 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 started to feel like okay, there's not really any going back. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I'm really proud of it because I think it sums up the album beautifully. Like we weren't trying to come up with something that was long and ridiculous. No, like we we weren't trying to pull anything weird. We just wanted to represent this music as best we could, and we felt like that lyric is probably kind of the pinnacle moment of the record where I feel like not only is it kind of a mantra, you know, to our fans, but about just getting out into life again and what this record truly means for the listener. You know, for us, we're seeing there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're coming into 2021, feeling hopeful. We have a new president. We have a vaccine. You know, there's there's only so much you can write a record about in terms of like how deep you're going to go in that direction. But I do feel like this record brings a lot of hope and joy. And I think that that title just summed it up perfectly.
0: Does the lyrics importance only present itself after the song is done? Or do you know when it hits that this is going to be something that you're going to carry with you and it's going to be a larger, like, you know, I don't want to say brand point, but essentially like a part of the DNA of the album.
1: I think it, I think it kind of happens afterwards. Like you don't really realize it when you're doing it in the moment and then only afterwards are you like, wait, this is actually a really powerful, um, you know, melody line or 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 you know lyric line and um and then kind of after the fact you start to put that together and you're like wait a minute that was actually really great and then every once in a while there'll be moments in the studio where we're like where it's obvious whoa that was really genius um (laughs) that's that's rare that we but that's rare yeah
0: in the overall timeline of you making the album, when does that lyric come in? Like how much of the album is already done before you write that song that per- has that lyric in it?
2: So funny enough, that song was was written kind of at the top of this album. Like yeah. th- that was one of the songs that defined the direction this album was going ahead. It was kind of one of the first batch of three that I felt like. And so did Ali. Wow, we have the start of an album. And yeah. this was in like, you know, towards the end of 2019. Um, we actually did a lot of writing right before the pandemic hit. So a lot of the material we already had, um, and don't need nothing was kind of the first batch of three songs where we felt like, Oh, we have an album here. Yeah. Um, and, but then it was not till like June of 2020 that we decided on an actual album that we title decide on the name. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you sit with the song for a while and you really, but, but does it change what you create afterwards knowing that that lyric is going to be something bigger
2: you know, I think what it did is it helped us figure out the visuals, mm-hmm. you know, Ali and I knew like, all right, it should be us outside, us having fun, not overly styled, not, not overemphasizing hair or makeup or wardrobe. Just, it just kind of feel like us, us. you know, when you just,
1: see us just like running around LA.
2: Yeah. And, and it should feel authentic and West Coast. And if anything, I think pulling from titles or figuring out an album name that helps define the look of the record. But I don't think it defines the sound. Like I feel like the sound was, was already kind already there, of a moving yeah. train, you know. And we were just trying to keep up with it. But we knew, like, okay, we have something here between Pretty Places and Slow Dancing. Those are actually They're quite so old. Good. Those are like five years old now. And so we knew we you, we knew we had an album. We knew the sound. You know what we wanted to capture. Um, but yeah, the album title just helped inform kind of the the packaging, how we want to package the vinyl, what we want the album cover to look like, mm-hmm. um, things like that.
0: What, what songs on the album were the most recently done?
1: Stomach, is probably, Stomach the, is probably the most recent in terms, in terms, of, terms writing. of writing and like newness. Cause yeah. we, we, only, I mean, it's funny that I, you say new, but we wrote that song like almost exactly a year ago. It was like a year ago in two weeks. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. have written that song. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say that would be the, the, the newest. And then, um, I think the oldest song on, on the record would be pretty places. Um, which is like AJ was saying somewhere between four and five years old. Yeah,
3: when you have um, a song like Pretty Places Why do you keep that for four or five years? Because you did put out the other EPs How come they didn't make that and you saved it?
1: It didn't feel like it fit in terms of the music style like, Yeah, We always really loved the song, but we were like this doesn't work in the 10 Years era because that's when we wrote it and yeah. then it definitely didn't fit on sanctuary So we were just like oh, we should go on to the song and like I don't know revisit it on a rainy day and then did and we brought it to our producer and he was like this song's incredible we just got to fix some some lyrics that you know just aren't quite strong enough and then we went in and did a a big heavy rewrite over a couple months period um just getting that song to a really good place but but all the melodies and everything just stayed
0: what is the sonic difference between sanctuaries 10 years and this latest body of work
2: great question i mean you know 10 years obviously i think a lot of the songwriting was kind of seeped in this 80s synth pop um super upbeat lots of pop melodies i think sanctuary we even took that a little further i don't think it's a drastic departure from the 10 years ep i actually think you could play them back to back and it would make sense um and then you have attack of panic which kind of feels like this 90s industrial um production you know joan of arc on the dance floor to me feels very 80s um and then this record to me feels a bit more steeped in like classic Americana um, songwriting, songwriting. you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit less about pinpointing this kind of dance era of like 80s or 90s. And instead going back to like Springsteen, Dylan, like hoping that we can somehow kind of capture the essence of those kind of artists. I hate actually using names of people that are so iconic. Um, But I do feel like this record has a bit more of a timeless sound sonically. I think you could listen to this in 10, 20 years and not necessarily know when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pretty Places from a songwriting perspective just feels very classic. Um, I also think songs like Slow Dancing, Hold Out, Stomach, some of the slower tunes on the record sound a bit more like you know, beautiful standards that could be played for years to come. Whereas I think the last two EPs just feel a bit more etched in like this 80s, you know, synth pop sound. Um, and this record was done with
1: all live instrumentation in one room, so. I think that's the largest difference. I yeah. mean, besides AJ, you know. The songwriting. Saying that, yeah, the songwriting is different and, and it's not as 80s inspired. Um, I think that just how we went about the recording process is much different. You know, With the EPs, we didn't have nearly as much time. And that was kind of all um, you know, done with our producer and him working these parts together uh, on his computer. I think that was just the main difference that we actually had guys in one room cutting these songs at one time. And I think that you get that energy um, from them playing live in a different way than if you're just you know, working off your computer as a producer, it's just different.
0: When you're tackling new Sonics or a new body of work or a new era, do you set goals before you do it? Or do you just write and then let that decide where it's gonna go?
1: I mean, it's a combination, kind a little of bit both. of both.
2: Yeah. It's funny, we actually set the goal to make this specific type record back when we were making the Sanctuary EP. Yeah. We were working with Eve Rothman, who worked on Church and uh, Star Maps and- did he do two? Don't, don't go changing. Don't go changing, he did three. And he we kind of said like, guys,
1: in like, we can't wait any longer, like it's time to make a full record after this. And he knew like what kind of record he he was at least wanting us to make, and we were down, and then, you know, it was just a matter of getting into the studio to write those songs. Exactly. We kind of knew what we were setting out to make, even though we didn't even have like the material yet. yet. But that helped steer the first couple songs. So so in a way, you pre-plan
2: just enough to know the flavor of songs you want to go after, but beyond that you just let the songs come and, and they they end up telling your story like you start realizing i don't need all
1: these other tunes these aren't working in the same way these i also are. think you know it's very um common in the pop genres uh specifically to have like nine writers on a song yeah which is yeah is really don't wild to don't me. Do that and we don't we don't we're not down with that um not because of any specific reason other than i just think it's too many cooks and i think that you don't need to have nine writers to make a great song, um, and so when it comes to the writing process for us, you know we usually write it with one other collaborator, maybe two, um, and then you know at, at that point it's like, you know there's maybe a dust up on lyrics, and we send it to some guy like a Jeremiah or something okay. who like we really trust and has like some really great taste with lyrics, and we're like, hey, like this line just isn't feeling right. Can you, you know, like throw us something? And then. That person now is, you know, a, a small part of the, the the writing. But, like, I do think that that keeping these songs, like, close to us in our camp is important. That it doesn't just get, you know, kind of divided up between, like, 10, 12 people. Um, and I think that also kind of helps us on, like, staying focused on our intentions.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, creative cohesion, like, is accomplished when you do that. But, I mean, there's a bunch of re- good, like, positives to keeping a, a room really tight. Yeah. Um, so is it just really the two of you for the most part? Do you work with another person? Do you set time aside every week to make music? Or is it just like whenever the mood strikes? When we were
2: focused on making this album, we like very much set yeah. a goal in place that like we need to be writing, you know, every day yeah. with, <clears throat> with this amount of time being used towards songwriting. Now, do we always do that? No, I I feel like Allie and I are getting better and better at that because I do think you have to kind of schedule it. Yeah, Um, and like force yourself to like know that you're showing up for something. Yeah, and just sit down and have the creative energy to know that that's what you're setting out to do. a lot of it, to be honest, is Allie and I. Like, you know, we're really strong lyricists and, and we're really strong with melody. However, a lot of times we like to bring in one more person, whether that's George mm-hmm. Albrecht or Eve Rothman. They were the main collaborators on the record because they're a bit more musically, you know, more musically experienced than Allie and I are. Um, I feel like they add um, a dynamic that Allie and I are missing a little bit. We're really strong songwriters, but we're not as strong when it comes to picking up an instrument. So sometimes I feel like
1: creatively we need that person that's pushing that forward. Yeah. Like, like we're, our abilities are somewhat in a box, which sometimes can be good because it forces us to be like extra creative. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, George and Eve are like fantastic musicians and play multiple instruments. And so, you know, we kind of we'll rely on them to start playing like a little melody line on the guitar or whatever, that then we jump onto and start singing over and right. and writing the lyric to.
2: So usually it's us two, you know, either
1: alone or us two with one additional person,
2: maybe yeah. two.
0: I want to go back a little bit in history and, and I'm just interested, like to you guys today and as you create, like, does potential breakup song have any meaning?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's not, really. not really. No. no, because it wasn't written about anyone specifically. And, um, it was just like a fun, uh, kind of cheeky
2: breakup anthem. breakup. And it doesn't have
1: like a net that, that, that didn't have any specific tie to us. So in a weird way, it's like super universal. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's why I ended up, which maybe is why doing so people well. loved it so much, but also maybe is why we're not super attached to it. Um, is because it didn't come from like a, you know, personal experience. personal experience. Like a guy didn't actually forget our birthday, and and
2: like who cares? I guess if they did, but yeah. it just kind of messed up. If you're dating for a long time, that's weird. Yeah,
1: that's
0: bad. yeah. Uh, do do you yeah. Le- do you learn anything from the success of that record that you actually have like that you you may tap into today?
1: I don't know.
2: <laughs> just silence. I don't know. It's like a, I don't it's know. An interesting question. I think, um, in terms of like who we've become as songwriters, singers, two people that feel very comfortable touring, um, two people that understand their industry a lot better. I feel mm-hmm. like those records did lend themselves to the knowledge we have now, mm-hmm. because I think experience and time just adds up to more knowledge, more info, more intel, how things work. So I do feel like, you know, not to say into the rush, Somyak haven't taught us anything else, but what they've taught us is how to be better about what we do now, and to, mm-hmm. and to not kick ourselves when we're not at our best, yeah. You know, we were very serious when we were younger about our songwriting. If it wasn't good enough, we'd beat ourselves up. If it got a little bit critiqued, we would get super down. Now I'm like, mm, I don't really care if you someone know, it's doesn't do It this. Not super I'm like,
1: precious to us as much as it yeah. used to be. Yeah, we were,
2: now it's just like we love what we're putting out, and hopefully, other people do too. But I think we were very um, concerned
1: about other people's thoughts. Well, when we were
0: younger. That was my uh, my question. Like back then, who were you making music for?
1: Yeah, I think we were making. I think we were making music less for ourselves back then, whereas now I think we're pretty much like like 90% making music for ourselves. That doesn't mean that, that the, the fans aren't thought of because they 100% are. But um, I think back then we were kind of half and half or maybe even a little bit more trying to make it for the fans or for radio or mm-hmm. please our label in a way that then ended up actually hurting the creative process and became not nearly as enjoyable. Um, and I think now we're just like, we're just doing us, and yeah. whether people are into it or they're not, like that's cool. Like, but it's funny. Love our fans want us to just do us. Like that's what they want to hear anyway. So you end
2: up making music for your fans because they know
1: it's authentically making us happy. Right, and they want that. So it's interesting too because there's a different era in, in music than it was, you know, 15 years ago. Like, certain things that fly now no way would have flown back then you know um and it's it's interesting seeing some of the young artists come up and and have like this great success which is so wonderful because you know they have this like real voice in the industry but it's crazy because I'm like, that would never have gone down in like 2005 in that same way. Yeah, like you'd never be playing SNL or Tiny Desk if you came from, from Disney. Disney
2: Channel. No now way. it's like if you're streaming really high and your socials are crazy, it's like they don't I'm care sure. where you come from. Yeah, and you can, also,
1: you can also be on the cover of, you know, uh, Vogue magazine as well. And you could be like under 25. That 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 was like not even a thing.
2: Whereas we were not known as the cool kids because we had been attached to Disney. Yeah. Now it's like you can be a cool kid and attach to anything.
0: Yeah. By the way, but like cool is the biggest thing, right? Like, like you still got to be cool. And there are some Disney stars still that struggle to really have success in yeah. the music space as like a serious, serious act. But you're right. That is like a real that 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 was a real stigma that was put yeah. upon artists within your generation that came from Disney Music is more genuine than it's ever been today, and it's more democratized than it's ever been today, because anybody can—not saying anybody can have a hit song, but like the the odds are in your favor now more than ever. Right, you know, right? Yeah. If you play the game right, but the truth is, like, it must be freeing to do totally. something so personal just for yourself.
1: It is, yeah, very much so. It really is, and it, and it feels good because I think we've also kind of earned it. Like, it's not—it hasn't been like the easiest journey for AJ and I on just like a music level, you know, yes, we got a lot of success as as young artists. But in the grand scheme of things, I still look at us like we never really even fully hit our our full stride. Mm-hmm. And and then we kind of took a hold th- out of it, we kind of pulled away from it and took a backseat with music and focused on our acting careers. And I and I think that in a weird way that might have saved like our sanity, our relationship with sisters, all these weird things that like we'll never know what would have happened if we had maybe just kept making records or if we'd never left our label or whatever Um, but at the end of the day I do think that like we're supposed to be where we're at and there's no way we would have made uh, a touch the beat without all of those obstacles Mm -hmm. in front of us uh, along the way and I think it just made us even more determined to like prove to ourselves more than anybody that we can make this record.
2: That's the thing. I, I think when we were making Insomniatic, we were trying to prove to the record that we could make a second great album. Whereas yes. the first one came in a really beautiful organic way. And then it's all about the sophomore slump most likely hitting. Yes. How can you make that second record great? Yeah. And now it's like we're making what I feel is almost our first record, because it's been so long, but we're making it for ourselves. Yes. That, that's the coolest part of this. It's not really being turned into a label that's going to look at it and go, you guys got to start over. Yeah.
0: By the way, the sophomore slump is still very real. So real that like people are like they don't even want to have a debut album because they're afraid that they have to then release something that a is second. going to be the second.
2: <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Dude. Well, that is what's great about this album is it's not our debut. So I'm like, yes. <laughs>
0: it, it is. It's more. It's definitely more liberating because there's. I mean, is there pressure attached to this release at all?
2: No. Not really. Not really. No. It just feels so damn good. I know that's crazy. There. I guess there should be pressure attached to everything
1: because it means that maybe you'll strive to do better. But I but I feel like Ali and I already did it. I think that we did the hardest part already, literally making it and really writing the songs. I think that the hardest part of of any facet of the music industry is the songs and getting the song. If you get that, then everything else kind of falls into place. And I feel like we got that early on, kind of so easily. And so effortlessly because of the people that we chose to work with Mm -hmm. and because we are really good at, um, curating it. Yeah. Curating like a great team and also just knowing when a song is feeling really good and when a song is not feeling good and that we can just abandon it and not think twice about it. I think a lot of people get, um, get really fixated on, on trying to like write a song and make it perfect and they tweak it for years on end. And, and instead me and Adrian will just like completely shelf it. And then if one day you want to go back to it, we will yeah. and we'll work on it and then it's, and then it's, you know, out into the world or we never work on it again. And we just say, dude, this song just is not, this is like a ugly stepchild. That's fine, yeah. whatever. But like, you know, you have to kind of know when to move on. And we're very much not precious about that. I think that's really good. Cause I think it helps us continue to like keep making music and not be holding on to these songs you know for
0: eternity shelving something is okay you know like genius doesn't strike every day so why why milk something that is like completely dry yeah totally yeah do you the stigma or like this idea that disney channel stars back then couldn't be mainstream pop stars do you think that was a poorly placed like label that, like, radio programmers, because obviously DSPs, like, there was no Spotify or Apple, you know? And yeah. iTunes charts are pretty democratized, based uh, depending, uh, outside of, like, who could make it to their homepage and who couldn't back then. But, like, mm-hmm. you, do you think that was, like, well-deserved or foolishly stupid?
2: Um In the moment, Allie and I thought it was foolishly stupid because we were, like, don't they get it? Like we're doing stuff that does deserve to be mainstream. This should not be just on the Disney shelf. Like how are these people not seeing this? Now that I really look back though, I go, "Mm, there was not a lot of great stuff coming out of there at that time. And I'm not, I don't want to like diss anyone. I just, I don't truly feel that radio would have taken what was coming out of that time because there was so much other great mainstream pop rock that was being developed outside of Disney that
1: there was almost no room for. Yeah, there to wasn't. And, and again, we I think still, we were making good we, records, we, we but still it doesn't mean really young. Young. we young. We're still really young too. Like yeah. when you think about it, it's like, there's not a lot of like, you know, 17 and 15 year olds on radio. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you've got Billie Eilish and she's like a, you know, anomaly. anomaly, but like most people that are on radio are, you know, in their early to mid twenties. And so for us to be that young, trying to break out on radio was obviously ambitious. Yeah. Um And, and I, and I, you know we still are proud of the records that we made obviously we do things i know differently now but that's just because of taste and just being older but um but yeah it's interesting i mean it, it's it's very interesting because you know there have been acts obviously from the disney era that have been able to surpass mm-hmm. um that you know kind of box that they were initially put in
0: Yeah, really hard and I think um like I think it also was like really just really hard and I think it was a lot of it was based on two, like, like how much money was put into this act in specific so you needed to see a return on it. So like right. like Miley was pushed, you know, forever and See You Again was a single picked by a program director that the label I'm if I heard the story correctly The label at the time threatened to sue him for playing it because it wasn't the single that they were pushing.
1: Oh my... Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Where
1: it's like, guys, it's like, just take the song and run just, like, yeah, don't bite the hand that feeds you.
0: Exactly, and then well, Miley, like Miley, and then the Jonas Brothers, but like that. To be honest, radio didn't really play the Jonas Brothers ever. The Jonas yeah. Brothers got their first number one at radio fairly recently. I think it was like Correct. Sucker or something. Like, yes, you're they, absolutely right. But radio used the Jonas Brothers for mall shows and concerts and mob scene Great. moments. What?
2: Great point. Yeah. F- it's up. But it's not like they were spinning their records. Never. For years. No, never. no. Miley, I mean, really, it was like Miley. And- but yet they were going to all the Kiss shows, all the. Right. Like right. they were being used to be the the promotional aspect to get fans to oh. their live shows, because, but yeah. then not playing them on radio. No, no, no you're right. I, no. Yeah.
0: And, and if mean, they Hillary did, it was very little.
2: Hillary got radio. I think Hillary did, yeah. That I don't era? know.
0: I, I got to look like, I, you know, I that, that's. I was more of the fan on that on the, of that time but the other thing that she had was like Aaron Carter moments and Aaron Carter was this weird thing I don't know culture's really yeah. f- crazy but the truth is you all in some way shape or form have laid the 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 bricks that uh, allow so many artists and so many like really TikTok stars like this was all the foundation of like the culture that we deal with today. And it's pretty freaking wild when you sit down and you yeah. think about
2: it. No, it is. It's really wild. No, it really is. That, that's why it was really cute when like Miley wrote that open letter to Hannah, Oh, you know, cause it was like, she was thanking her foundation. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, that was, that's what started her. And it's like, yeah, Allie and I have some really weird things to thank like cowbells and potential breakup song. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like mm-hmm. that's awesome. You know, yeah. we can, oh, we can sure. sit down and write letters too.
3: Um, but do but you yeah. guys think, you know, 10, 15 years later, do you think people still put you in a box and associate you with Disney channel?
1: Yeah. I, think I mean, so. I mean today even like, and it's, and it's, it's, it's great. We've gotten a lot of love, um, on the, you know, media front of supporting this, this new record. Like mm-hmm. it's been really overwhelming and we've gotten some really incredible reviews and, um, just like, you know, uh, uh pieces of, 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 media that we would never get in the past that are really like behind these songs. Mm -hmm. But I will say almost every single post, almost every single one mentions that we came from Disney, which look, is fine. I don't think that that's happening to girls like Selena and Miley anymore, Um, but I don't know why it's still happening to us. And I'm also like, we were there for a lot less time and we were not nearly as successful, but I'm like, okay, yeah, people love using that as as the it's just interesting open kind of sound. Uh, and I'm like, we were. I mean, I know that we spent our time there. You know, we were there for about six years, maybe at the label. 14, yeah, 15, 18, 20. We were there for about six years, um, and I think everybody else was there for like 10 plus. You know, um, it was like their entire childhood, teenage years, early 20s were were there, um, and we somehow kind of ducked out. So it's interesting. Yes, there's definitely like a bit of us being put in that box still but i'm also i don't care about it like i used to like four year five years ago it really would like get on my nerves in a way that it doesn't really do now um, yeah and you kind of have to look at it like why does this upset me like who cares like everyone has some stuff yeah and then and also it's going to be mentioned and then also you're like well maybe this also is just like a, a you know journalist or a writer that isn't doing like their due diligence on their research and maybe all they really it's know kind to of the talk easiest about is thing. like well the easiest thing to talk about is that they are from disney and it's like well, yeah we are but that also doesn't define who i am as an entire human
0: well also yeah and by the way if you look at your acting credits like you have you guys are have such an inc- incredible resume that like even it would take you a long time if you were searching via imdb to even get to cowbells okay real right. talk right it's crazy Right. That's sweet.
3: Thanks. Well, the reason I ask that is because, you know, we interview artists every week and we listen to a lot of albums. And I'm not lying. Your album is probably my favorite album we've heard all year. It's so Thank good. You. But thanks. when I first heard Ali and AJ are coming on, I was like, oh, the former Disney girls like I don't know what to expect here. And after I listened to it, I just listened to it again and again and again.
1: Thank so you. I thanks.
3: think it's just like people have to realize that's not who you are anymore and give it a chance and they'll realize how good it is and. How different you guys are now
2: yeah yeah and and look we get things take time you can't really expect people to completely help rewrite your own narrative when you've been gone for 10 years you know what i mean it's yeah. like that's our job to do and this is only really the first body of work that gets to do that so it's our job to make another one and then another one and another one and pretty soon yeah.
1: that sentence is gone you know? yeah and then and then pretty soon you know you, the was... it's like hey the girls who put out a touch of the beat that's correct mm-hmm. yeah correct yeah well and i think that also will change with like the songs that we're performing you know i mean at, at one point when we got back out on the road, you know, we only had so many new songs, so we were playing, you know, about half of the set was like some of the new stuff and half of the set was like mm-hmm. older Allie AJ tunes. And over the years, I know that that will, that will, that gap Same. will continue to shrink and it'll be less and less old, old Allie and AJ stuff. And then it'll be the newer things will be the majority of our set list. And it doesn't mean that we won't play those songs, you know, to, to get people excited and right. nostalgic again, but... You know, I mean, uh, when people have a long career, they have a lot of songs in their catalog and I can only imagine some of my favorite artists, what they think of the songs that might even be my favorite songs that they're like, I don't want to play that one. But, but I also get it, you know, like I, I sympathize with that, but I also am the person that's the fan that's like, but, but play the song, but play that one. Cause I love it. And we will. And we will. Yeah. A good example is
2: we can't say, I don't think it's announced yet, so we can't say, but we're playing a big festival this year. And a friend of ours who like very much is a fan of the old material and we've known him for years, like very much like tends to operate out of fear. Like he's like, you gotta play the old stuff, because that's the only thing that's what they want. And I was like, if you're going to a festival and you're on the stage, you you gotta play all the old hits. I I was like, like, barely play the new stuff. I'm like, dude, I was like, that, they're not gonna even know that the, the old hits. They're not I gonna, gonna care like, about old or new. We need to just play what feels good for us and yeah, we'll play a potential breakup song, but like it's gotta be about the new material. Like we yes. are the only ones that can rewrite the narrative. It, like oh, you don't oh. just keep playing your old material and then expect people to not say Allie yes. and AJ.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. But, like throwing in potential breakup song either in the middle or towards the end totally cool. a, that's right. like, yeah, that's a great break or a great moment to yeah. celebrate. But the idea cool. that a set would be made up of anything more than just potential breakup song in terms of old stuff is kind of crazy because it is a reintroduction, right? So you yeah. have people there. They're definitely on a different frequency just trying to vibe. And as long yeah. as the music is good, it's going to resonate with them.
1: Exactly. A hundred percent. I- it's exactly. not about like, I need to know every single song. Oh. I mean, I feel like festivals, you go to festivals wanting to discover music. Yeah. So yes. right let I know us be the band that somebody discovers that goes, I don't know who the f- these girls are. And then they watch our set and they're like, oh, that was cool.
3: Totally.
0: And and you know what? When potential breakup song hits, it's a pleasant surprise that really gets them moving.
3: Yeah. You know, yeah. It, really? It, no. I feel like Glad this you. album. Thank you. You, thank you can you. all build the thank set list you. with us. Yeah, yeah. got yeah. you. I feel like this album was kind of like built for outdoors festivals driving your car with the mm. windows down
1: yeah. yeah would you say that's true it's a very outdoor <inaudible> record like you totally. want to listen to it in your car at the beach like outside in your backyard yeah i mean if we could do an inte- like visually i'd love to just do like an all
2: outdoor exterior like fun woodstocky feeling tour but then i'm also like well they don't sound as good cuz you don't have the acoustics of a great room or a great theater and it's not really realistic cuz all the venues we play tend to be indoors so a tour you really have to you'd have to it would have to be like sheds exactly so but we'll get there we'll but get but there. i, lo- we'll I love i love the you idea know,
1: of like all exterior that's sheds. like that's like uh, when we we're playing like six to 9,000 cap. Yeah. And we're spots. just doing all red rock yeah. type.
0: Like, there, there you, you go. go. Well, so you guys set goals. Like, is, is that important at all? Like this idea of like, you know, because it is like you want to scale up in venues, obviously, or does that not even matter at this point?
1: No, no we, it we does. think about that for sure. We, we were just yeah. going over kind of our, our tour routing yesterday with our manager and just discussing like the venues and um and the routing and you know how many shows we, we play in a row versus how many days we have off and kind who of we'll just hire. All these little tiny details and and then, you know, we kinda of went through a couple of things and we were like, hey, we should be playing a larger cat room in New York, you know, just like things that we know about our business that he knows, but he's also only been on our team for the last year, that, you know, that nobody's gonna know better than the two of us because we've we've been there and played on stage and put in the hard work, right. you know, over the last fifteen years. Um, but I
2: do think it's good to look forward to bigger venues Yeah, and, and, sure. you know, bigger date, more
1: dates. And I, I think that's very important. realistic. We're not like, yeah, we're super we're realistic. We're not like head in the clouds. Like, I mean, you know, just thinking like, yeah, and like next year we'll be playing the Hollywood Bowl, you know, but like, hmm. would it be great to play Hollywood Bowl in the next few years? Like, yeah. I, do I think that that could actually happen if we continue to release really great music and continually tour? Sure. Um, but, but you have to do a lot of dates to get there. you got to do a lot of dates to get there and
2: you gotta, we love touring So we do like dreaming because I believe we can get there because we're the type of people that'll want to go out every year Yeah um, But you can't dream for those things and not do it. You have to no. just say
1: all right, let's then every year we got we got to go out on the road mm-hmm.
0: What is the story behind listen?
1: We wrote that song with George Albrecht um, Who we wrote half the record with and we wrote that song in LA mm-hmm. He was coming to visit and we had like a block of like five days of writing with him and that song came together really fast. We just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think the two of us started it and then you came in later that afternoon and we finished it and started with the guitar line, right? Yeah. It started with his guitar line. And then we just kind of, um, you know, found ourselves like going back to that song again and again and like, just loving it and knowing that yeah. it needed to be on the record. Um, and then we, we were like, well, you know, maybe we could have like a collaboration on this. We've never really done like collabs. Um, so we reached out to Nancy Wilson of Heart, who is a longtime mentor and collaborator of ours. And we just asked Nancy, like, would you be down to like play on this or sing or whatever? Like, we just give you free reign. You can like send us the tracks. She's in Northern California and she had just gotten her studio together. And she was like, yeah. He was like, I love this song. We sent her like three songs and she connected to listen the most. And she sent back the the parts that she played, which were fantastic. And we kind of wove them into the song. And then George had a uh, connect with Jack Tatum of Wild Nothing because he's worked with um, Jack on, I think their latest EP or yeah. the money before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was one right before. And he was like, I think Jack would maybe add some really cool things to this, you know, and like, do you want to just give it to him and give him a little bit of like free license? And you're we like, yeah, sure. So we gave it to Jack. Jack loved the song. And then we were all just kind of stoked that it worked out having both of their collaborations a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like a typical, you know, feature, like it doesn't say featuring Nancy Wilson or, or, well, nothing, but, um, but like their parts really elevated the song, you know, that the song was like 70% there, but like what they added gave us that like, that ability to sign off on sure. the, the the song and get it to mixing and mastering and that um, chorus though went through a lot of changes. Like, remember that chorus needed a lot of help. Yeah, yeah, literally. yeah. We, like we had we kept we had, we had an original chorus with George. It was it a lot different lyrics, right? Yeah, yeah, and
2: just the way the melody
1: moved was a little bit different.
2: Yeah,
1: it wasn't um, easy. But we, I don't know. I just I love that song. I like that it's like this song that, um, you know, kind of touches on like being in this like hostage situation, whether that's like a relationship or a moment in time in your life or, mm-hmm. you know, the state of the world, whatever that is. Um, yeah, just, it could be political, it could be relationship-based. Yeah, it could be. I just like the subject matter of the song and that it feels like this anthem. Yeah. Um, and then I
2: think what made the song come to life even more was the music video we shot for it. Yeah, um, which I love. It's like one of my favorite things we've done. Yeah. In front of AJ's girl in front of my garage. Literally <laughs> which is the week that she moved. Yeah, yeah. The week I moved. So all those moving boxes those are all, all those, that, that
1: mask is all natural. That's, not, that, that's, just, that's just life. That's authentic.
2: <laughs> I am repaint. I keep telling people I'm repainting that garage door because I actually don't love the color. I can't wait to see what it, it's going to be. When are you doing that? I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll see. Just After slow, the record's out.
3: Slow and steady. Is this the music video with the white jumpsuits, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: I think your music video is really, in all the songs, I mean, all the songs are great, but I think the music videos really make them even better. Like, what's the, the music video that you guys were at the farm? And I think, Allie, you hop in the truck and go to the bar afterwards? Yeah, slow
1: dancing. So dancing yeah. That's yeah. the I think.
3: So how did you come up with that concept to go with the song?
1: Um, that was our director, right? Didn't Steven yeah. come up with that fully on his own? That was
2: Stephen. Yeah. Um, We've never done a tracking shot, you know, in one take like that as a rehearsed moment. Yeah, with like a steady cam. Where with a steady cam. With a steady cam. So mm-hmm. that, that was like a big goal of ours. Not that it's one shot the entire song, because obviously it breaks up once she gets in the truck. But, you know, we were, during the pandemic, we were like, we got to get creative. We have to be very careful about, you know, the amount of crew we use, people getting tested, we, to we awesome. have to shoot outside you know but also things are expensive and getting a permit is expensive and takes time and like we were kind of like we gotta just start like popping off visuals fast because we knew we wanted to release like five singles so we ended up going to where our mom lives she lives up in up north kind of towards Santa Barbara and we said we're yeah. going
1: out there and we're going we to shot on the two property. music videos out there and then we shot the one at your house yeah and then the one just on the road one on the road, which was the Pretty Places travel, which was a real road trip video. for her. Yeah. yeah, and then the other one was just down on in our neighborhood. Yeah, symptom of your touch it was just literally in alley, just walking around Laurel Canyon. Canyon. Yeah. Um, all the way to from Laurel Canyon to the beach, but um, so we do things, you know, in a very like, it's a in-house production. Yeah, constantly, and like we own our own like film camera. Um, which was like a big purchase for us, but we've ended up saving a lot of money as a band because we're not running it. Every we're not time. renting it every time, so we have a 16 millimeter and a 35 millimeter, um, Sick. And, and then yeah. we just have a. We always have a f- uh, film lying around, almost to the point that like it drives me a little bit nuts because like the refrigerator, like the one whole shelf, one whole shelf, is, shelf is, film. is film. I'm like, <laughs> just staying cool. Okay, that's awesome. Is
0: this self-funded? Are you your own record label boss and A and R and?
1: Pretty
2: much, yeah. A yeah. wall. No, we we
1: do have an we have an art, independent artist distributor. Yeah, A okay. distributes for us, but yeah. like, yeah. I mean, when it came to like getting the record made upfront and, and all of that upfront costs, like, yeah. it's all out of pocket, which is really scary. And and um, you know, it's it's not easy to like believe in yourself that much that you're willing to just like you know lay down just fund your own serious career. cash. Yeah, yeah. it's worth it. But but it's worth it, and we've we've gotten. We've gotten lucky with some advances here and there, Yeah, you know, even yeah. though we're
2: independent, we so have, yeah. we've, we've gotten really blessed, but,
0: um... It's ultimately, yeah. like, your own stuff, and you're making all the shots. Call yeah, the
2: shots. you only get what you put out, so you better put out enough.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a uh, question about personal cathedrals. Yeah. When you guys say, let's leave this party right now, we never like these people. Very relatable. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Our producer wanted to take out that lyric, and we were like, "No." I was like, "Eve, we're He thought us, it was lyric. He thought it was mean. But we were was like mean. I was like, "It's not. It's just true. It's just a fact. It's just what it is."
2: There are so many people you don't want to necessarily be in a party with. Like,
3: yeah. kill me. Well, I think, yeah. especially in Los Angeles, you go to these parties, you're like, "I don't really know these people. I don't really like them. I don't need to be yeah. here. I don't think anybody here wants to be here."
2: Right. Correct. Correct.
3: <laughs> so, what is this? What is the story around that that song? Um.
2: So Allie and I, we wrote that with uh, a friend of, well, someone who's become a good friend of ours, this guy, Johnny Newman, who's super talented, and Eve, um, and he ended up coming up with a really cool um, opening kind of synth line. It's, you know, no longer a synth sounding song, but that was kind of the opening moment was mm-hmm. him playing on the synth. On synth. Um, and Allie and I just felt like we wanted to write a song about, you know, being at a either Hollywood party, New York party, whatever, where you're just like, I just don't belong here. I, I don't I don't necessarily see myself here. I don't know why I came, but at least I have this other person with me and like, let's get out of here together. And it just is reminiscent of so many things Allie and I have been to. It's not, doesn't take place at one particular night. Um, for Allie and I, it was about, you know, being at a party where people are kind of there to like be, seen um, and- be seen, you know, the dance floor is their area to be a bit self-righteous. And, and we just felt like, you know, so many people kind of consider their space, this personal cathedral. And, here are these two girls that are just like yeah we barely got invited but like we somehow made it and we came and yeah and now we're like leaving now we're leaving for like
1: 15 minutes you know yeah it just
2: felt relatable and all of our friends who have heard it are like oh my gosh this is how I feel at every party but it's kind of a running joke that like Allie and I who both are very outgoing become like kind of like these uncomfortable like wallflowers at parties and her husband makes fun of us because he's like it's not even who you guys are you guys are really comfortable in front of people, but parties like shut you down. I was like, I know. And it's like, like, yeah. I feel
1: like I'm wanted here or I'm cool enough. There's like all these fashion people that are like. And like, sometimes you 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 kind of like try way too hard to get into one. And then when you do. And you're like, like, that was so dumb. Why did we do that? Yes. So it's. And, it's it's just, and a, then that's embarrassing because you're realizing you weren't how really shameful invited. that was. Yeah. Yeah, well, I you're stopped like, that. The only reason we got into this was because of X. You know, right. it's like our stylist brought us because we're losers and we couldn't get this just on our own. Right. You know, like, right. and that's how so much of it works, but no one wants to say that.
0: Totally. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah that's why so. I don't subject myself to that torture. You know, I can't do that. Smart.
1: So the funny
0: thing is now I can't wait
2: people.
1: to go to a party. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, I miss like, parties I now. I wish being in a crowded room with people all oh, sweaty, drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I actually Sloshing can't wait. their martini glass on me. Can't wait for the next one.
0: But
2: my, but it'll be funny to think of that song when we're at the next one.
0: My threshold for people is, like, anywhere from, like, six to eight people. If it's anything more than that, then it's too big of a crowd, and then it's like, okay. <laughs>
2: You know. I agree. I love just, like, ten people. We're good.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it be in a group where you can speak to everybody. You know what I mean? Correct. Like, look, when you look, can't
1: speak to everyone, it's too many.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This Whoa. is why weddings should stay small. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. When it comes to Paradise, another song that's great, are you guys questioning, like, what is Paradise? Is that? Are you saying, will we know that it's Paradise?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like we all have this goal in mind to, like, achieve you know, paradise, whether it's where you want to move or where you want to visit. And, and then where it's kind of like... Where you be in your career. Yeah, something. where you want to be in your career, exactly. And then once you get there, like... You, do you even do you realize even recognize you it?
1: it, you know? Um, I think that's a really, like... I just think that's a very relevant uh, experience for... I think really all humans, but very much so. And it's, I think, it's something that we struggle with as Americans because we are always sold this aspect of the American dream. And that like, it's achievable for all of us. And like, guess what? Sometimes it's not. And it's like, it's really hard because some people get a better shot at life than others because of the circumstances they're born into, their race, their, you know. uh, Yeah, exactly. Their zip code, a, a million things. So I think that, you know, the questioning of like, Will I even appreciate and know that I've made it when I maybe have made it to that place of euphoria? Mm-hmm. I think is just very um, is very telling for where we kind of are as a society um, and our industry specifically. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's, it's
2: it is a really kind of self righteous job sometimes, and that's like I, never enough. And it's never enough. You're always kind of striving for the next thing, and then next thing you know, you've actually landed something that you wanted like three years ago, but you've forgotten to realize that that needs to be celebrated. You're yeah. looking to the next thing.
0: Yeah. So. so what does your paradise look like? Do you, while you're making the song or after, like, do you have to, do you realize like what you want your paradise to consist of? So if, and when you get there, you know where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: That's cool. That's cool. Honestly, my current paradise is this record coming out. Like knowing that this body of work is out, it exists, it's being reviewed, it's being embraced, it's being, it's loved getting out onto the road and performing these songs live is a paradise. That's going to happen next year. So like when it comes, we need to recognize it. Um, I
1: think traveling is going to be a big thing. Like I travel a lot with my husband and same with AJ, you know, the three of us Um, and like, that is a very large part of my life that gives me a lot of happiness. Like whenever I'm traveling or visiting a new place or, and it could be a place that I don't even speak the language in. And I just feel like I, this is such a foreign, I'm such a foreign element. I feel really at home and happy and not like depressed or sad or thinking about like, what's going wrong in in my life. Like, I just feel like, and I know everybody's like, well, yeah, that's easy to say you're vacationing, but, but it's not just like kicking back and like being on a lounge chair, you know, sometimes it's like vacationing is, is, is work a bit, or it's like, you're trying to find those places that like will open up your mind, or you go to the place that's the long journey to go and see that, that wonderful painting or that, you know, uh, historic architecture. Um, and so I think that is like, a, a a paradise for me is being able mm-hmm. to travel and like see other parts of the, the world. Um, but I think honestly, like our ultimate paradise is like being happy with the music that we create being safe, physically healthy. You know, we are so grateful for our health over this past year. I think mm-hmm. that has just, uh, given us like a new sense of, um, appreciation and, and just, you know, continuing to, to make music that, that speaks to us. Cause I think that if it, music that speaks to us then it actually speaks to the fans and if it's not music that doesn't speak to us then it's only maybe i mean there's some people that might vibe with it but at the end of the day i think that um you know uh, people people can tell when you're really excited and passionate about something like it's 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 tangible you can just immediately pick that up and i think people know how excited we are about the record because you know age and i are pretty obvious about it so. yeah we're not playing it cool
0: Yeah. This is the body work, people. There's a link in the description below to listen to it. It is beyond
3: Dan approved here. It's so, so good. I know I keep saying that and repeating it, but it really is so, so good. Like, top to bottom. Do you have a favorite record from the album?
1: That's what I was wondering. I was like, what is your guys' each favorite song?
3: Well, of the few you released before the album, it's Pretty Places and Symptom of Your Touch. And then after listening to the whole thing, I think Paradise is is up there, too. Cool. Oh,
0: I love it.
3: Listen to it. To take
0: Dan's word for it, I've never heard him this passionate about anybody's album, and and I like it a lot. I don't want to brag, but a lot of people come here to, you know, release their albums. Yeah, Um, yeah. I've never heard him care or listen this deeply and (laughs) intensely. So Dan is the Dan is the testament here. He's the testimonial. (laughs)
3: It's really good. It really, really
0: is.
1: Well, you guys are pre- officially part of the team now cuz uh, you guys can just help do PR for Ali and AJ. Uh, totally. I like it. You're going to help build the set for the festival we're about to announce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come up with. We'll, well, we'll text you in like the next, you know, 48. Hours. <laughs> yeah. This Dan, has been a long friendship.
0: Uh, Dan, we are uh, creative di- directors. That's what we moonlight as, right? Yes. That's love what it.
1: Moonlight. Has. Love it. Uh,
0: well, I-, I appreciate you both giving us time and energy today and <laughs> seriously, yeah,
1: I- we appreciate it so much. We and love we're it. happy that the fans brought us together, you know. They yes. they They kept asking about this and then we were like, okay, I guess we got to do this damn show. Like, (laughs) all right, guys, we get it.
0: Who is this person? What is this Zach saying?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is this? Um, well, thank you guys so much for the support. And, um, you know, next time we'll, we'll come in person.
3: Yes, please. Because
0: you're going to have a lot more music on the way. Um, That's what I'm assuming that this is a forever thing, right? You will not stop.
2: Very much so. so.
0: And, And that makes me so happy. Really, really, really. Thank you for sharing your honesty and your stories. And, uh, yeah, just giving us your energy today. We really appreciate it. Thanks,
1: thanks guys. guys. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your evening. Stay safe.
0: You too. Peace and love. Later.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Hey, beautiful Keeman, Thanks for listening to our conversation with Allie and AJ. I really appreciate it. Let us know who you're listening to so we know who to invite on the show next. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. We'll be there. Please be safe if you can hug your family. And don't go to jail. I appreciate you. Peace and love.